This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse along with you as we join you this weekend. The Indians are on the road in Detroit getting ready for game two of the season against the Detroit Tigers Day Baseball on both today, Saturday, if you're tuned into this live or on podcast form. Saturday, the Indians taking on the Tigers at 110. Same holds true for Sunday And then the home opener for the Indians is Monday at 410 at Progressive Field against Kansas City. Good show lined up for you today. A little bit later on, we have a lengthy conversation with Indians general manager Mike Chernoff covering a variety of subjects as the Indians get deeper into the start of the season. We'll also hear from Shane Bieber. We had a chance to visit with Shane uh, toward the tail end of spring training and talk about a year ago and some changes that he's making to try and be even better than he was in a somewhat historic season for him, a Cy Young season and one of the greatest seasons that an Indians pitcher has ever had. So we'll hear from Shane Bieber in a little bit. But first, we take a look back at the week gone by. And for the Indians, that means opening day was Thursday in Detroit. Snowing at times, at other times just frigid cold with high winds, but the Indians and Tigers got the game in. The Tigers won it by a final score of 3-2 to two as they struck early. Miguel Cabrera with a two-run home run in the first inning got it started. But uh, before that could happen, as always, it's fun to hear my broadcast partner and the voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton, get a season underway. From Comerica Park in downtown snowy Detroit, Michigan, it is game one, the season opener of the 2021 campaign, and thus the journey begins on, yes, April Fool's Day, and the joke is on us from Mother Nature. Snow is falling in downtown Detroit. Temperatures have been in the upper 20s most of the day. It may sneak up to 32 or 33 degrees before the day is done. There is a wind, and it's significant, blowing out toward right field as the lineup cards are being exchanged with the umpiring crew. And 
it's beginning to look a little bit like Christmas on April 1st with the snow swirling about Comerica Park. Matthew Boyd is 6'3", 234. The left-hander is now 30 years of age. Fastball, curveball, slider, and changeup for the Tiger Ace. Jordan Luplo getting the start today in center field. As you know, he's been so good against left-handed pitching down through the years. Normally, he's a corner outfield guy, but today in center. Matthew Boyd into the wind, and the first pitch of the 2021 campaign is in there. A strike, and we're underway in Motown. And indeed, it was underway from Comerica Park in Detroit, and with the Indians trailing 3-0, starting pitcher Shane Bieber settled in nicely and put together what turned out to be, on some levels, in historic performance. Now the 0-2. Swing and a miss. And Bieber strikes out Ramos, his seventh in this game. Now the wind by Bieber and the pitch. Strike three called. Hat trick. Ramos has struck out three times. Bieber has racked up 11. Shane Bieber has gotten stronger and better as the game has gone on. He rocks, he fires, and a swing and a miss. Chased one in the dirt. Good breaking ball. Perez picks it up, completes the strikeout with a throw to first. And so 12 strikeouts for Shane Bieber. Those 12 strikeouts for Bieber means that in his career now, he has 16 career double-digit strikeout games and joined Bob Feller as the only Cleveland opening day starters with multiple double-digit strikeout games. Just another Big strikeout accomplishment for Bieber, who has become quite the strikeout artist. And if you want to put it in a wider range of perspective, he joined Nolan Ryan, Randy Johnson, and Bob Gibson as the only four starting pitchers in Major League history to record at least 12 or more strikeouts in multiple opening day starts. Bieber, who struck out 14 Kansas City Royals opening day a year ago, put it together on Thursday in Detroit to the tune of 12 strikeouts. He did leave the game, however, with the Indians trailing by that score of 3 to nothing. It stayed that way until the ninth. That's when Roberto Perez provided an offensive spark for the Indians. The pitch. Swung on and a rocket to deep left field. This ball gone! And it's a one-run game. Roberto Perez with a two-run laser to left. And the Indians trail the Tigers 3-2 here in the ninth inning. And Roberto Perez with that blast to left field has equaled his home run output in 2020. But that was the only offense the Indians could muster on that cold Thursday afternoon in Detroit, and the Tigers won it by the final score of 3-2. to two. After the game, Bieber talked about his performance, the cold weather, and a couple of other subjects, too. Shane, what's it, um, what's it like going out in 30-degree weather after preparing all spring in Arizona? Was it tough to get a grip of the ball early on? Yeah, uh, a little bit. Uh, I was excited, man, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I liked the energy that we had in the dugout. I felt a lot of energy from, you know, that type of adversity. Um, was excited to face it. Uh, obviously, things didn't pan out there in the first uh, two innings. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. A lot more starts to, to be had. 
um, and a lot of stuff to to work from and grow from for uh, you know personally and as a team. It seemed like you were the fastball command seemed up early. Was there anything other than the weather that you could look at that may have played into that? Yeah, maybe I was a little maybe a little excited getting out in front of myself. Um, but the main thing is, you know, I was able to kind of wrangle it there towards the end of the game and and get in control of myself. Um, and, you know, next time I just got to be better for it and, and be able to do that sooner. Um, but, yeah, I was definitely up and a little bit uh, sporadic with my my fastball command for sure. Shane, have you ever pitched in a, a half inning where it was snowing like that, that heavy, in the bottom uh, of the first? No, not snow. I've done like uh, like a little bit of sleet in, in the minor leagues, but not. That was like nice, high quality <laughs> snow, to be honest. Could you see the plate? <laughs> I mean, it was coming down pretty hard. It was a little fuzzy, man. To be honest, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, how the uh, I was asking the outfielders. When that was coming down, um, you know, after the inning, they came back in and they're saying they they couldn't see a thing. Yeah, I can't, I couldn't imagine. So, um, you know, kudos to them. And Roberto Perez also weighed in on a cold Thursday in Detroit. You know, today it was a it was a battle out there. It was battling with the weather, um, especially in the first couple couple of the first two innings. It was uh, it was hard to catch. I couldn't see. Um, also, you know, in the back, they got some white letters in the back, so it makes it tougher. But um, I thought Shane, you know, he, he threw the ball well, man. You know, uh, two mistakes today, fastball up and in, and then trying to go down and away. And then Miggy, I thought, you know, it, it didn't – off the bat, it didn't – I didn't think it was going, but, uh, you know, he – I guess he had a good swing on it. We usually see Shane have pretty good command of his fastball and it looked like he struggled with it early. Did you call or do anything differently because he was up in the zone so much with the heater? No, 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 not really. We had a great, good game plan. Uh, uh, probably like, like I said, you know, the first two innings, he couldn't throw a fastball for a strike. He was missing up in the zone a lot, uh, falling behind on the count, uh, on guys a lot. So I think it, maybe it has to do something with the weather because the, those couple innings that were, it, it, it was cold out there. Uh, and when it started snowing, it, it got colder. So, uh, but other than that, if you take those two pitches, I mean, he threw the ball well. He threw the ball well. He gave us a chance to win a ball, uh, ball game. And, um, you know, he's our ace. And, um, and you could see, you know, he was battling. And uh, he gave us a chance to win the game. So, once again, the Indians will be back at it against the Tigers on Saturday and Sunday afternoons. 110 first pitch. We'll have it for you right here on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll hear more from Shane Bieber as we had a chance to sit down with him at the end of spring training and talk baseball and his plans for the season ahead. That's next as Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, continues on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is waiting for the previews to start in a movie theater. Hey, you want anything? Popcorn? Soda? No, nothing. This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Jim Rosenhouse back with you. 
as we join you for a Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. Great to have you with us as the baseball season is underway. The Indians opening in Detroit. Home opener Monday against the Royals. Shane Bieber was on the mound for opening day, and we had a chance to visit with Shane toward the tail end of spring training and talk to him about how he's preparing for the season. And uh, the preparations went very well for him, especially considering he wanted to work on some things after a brilliant season a year ago, but one that he wasn't necessarily entirely satisfied with because of the way it ended. And and here's what he had to say when we had a chance to visit with him. Yeah, um, I guess that's where, you know, you're, you're at the start of spring training. It's developmental, um, working on what you need to work on, and, uh, you know, just trying to get better at, at your deficiencies. And, and that's what I tried to do the first few outings. Um, I thought it, I did a good job of that, you know, carrying that transition over from the offseason um, continuing to work on what I was working on throughout the off season. And then, you know, as it got to, you know, about a week ago or my last outing, I uh, had a couple conversations and, and it, that's when it hit go time. That's when you got to go out there and compete, get in the game ready mode um, out there and, and try to throw up zeros and, and get into uh, that game ready mindset. And so that's kind of the transition that's happening for myself uh, as well as really everybody right now is we're getting, you know, we got all sides are set on opening day, uh, and that's what we're working towards. You mentioned things that, that you work on in the off season. You have a season like you did a year ago, and, and how do you identify what you need to work on, especially coming off of that type of year? What did you find that, that would be helpful for this season? Yeah, there's plenty of things. Um, there's always – got to be yourself uh, toughest critic and – Looking back to last year, all I could really think about was that that start against the Yankees um, where we fell short. And so uh, looking at that one and, and trying to look at it objectively, thinking about, you know, what could have saved us uh, or saved myself and, and uh, you know, translated into a better outing. And one of those things was tightening up the slider. I felt like I relied heavily on the curveball um, all, all last year. Uh, and in that start, um, that's all they were looking for. And they were able to, uh, you know, either take good swings or, or lay off of that curveball in the dirt. And so tightening up the slide or something that's strike for a little bit longer and being able to throw something for strikes uh, and get some rollovers was um, uh, a focus going into the off season. And so kind of revamped that and it's getting to where it needs to be right now. And I'm comfortable with it and just building momentum and building comfortability with it. So, so you go through spring training starts and how do you know when, when it's all right, the slider, I can use that during the regular season and I feel good about it. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much what you said, just spring training, you try to get your feedback from the hitters. That's the best feedback that you can get. And that's the, um, you know, that's always what you're looking for is, is how are they reacting to a certain pitch? Um, and we've gotten some positive feedback, even in the, the tougher outings earlier this year or earlier in spring, uh, my first two, um, still got some positive feedback and then going into the last one, everything's feeling good and starting to tighten it up. And, uh, yeah, I'd say shorter, you're always looking at the hitter for, for instant feedback, and uh, that's what we've been doing. Uh, pitching deep in the games, I know that's a, a stated goal. Uh, so sometimes there's early contact that'll help you get through and, and you don't throw as many pitches, but strikeouts are such a big part of the game now. How do you balance those two to, to make sure that, that you can be out there a, a long time each game for the team? Yeah, that sounds um, – but that's something that I've always been comfortable. I've always, uh, you know, been being able to go deep in the ball games, and um, 
I was still able to do that last year, just not at the, the mark that I would have liked to. And uh, there were a few outings where my pitch count just got higher, higher than normal, a lot earlier than normal. Um, for me this year, just trying to get some, some early contact going into ball games, just um, being aggressive in the zone. I think that's how you do it. And then once you get to two strikes, you can expand and go for that swing and miss. But um, for me, I'm just trying to be as efficient as possible uh, while taking advantage of, you know, pitchers counts. Transitioning uh, next Thursday, you're the opening day starter. And I know you were the opening day starter last year, but it seemed like it was just the first day of the season when we finally got around to it. Um, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but uh, you start an opener in April this time. And, and what does that mean to you uh, based on the tradition of opening day starters for this ball club? It's exciting. Um, I know last year was a little bit different, but uh, it was my only experience doing so. This year feels, uh, you know, similar. I, I hold the same pride in it. I'm very fortunate to be able to go out there and um, accept that role as opening day starter. And so I'm going to go out there and uh, I'll be ready and, and, and do my best to get the team on the right foot. And that's a, a, a privilege that, uh, you know, I'm honored to, to take part in and, and to take a hold of. And I'm excited for it. And the team's a little bit different behind you. There's been some changes this off season, but you've had a chance to go through a spring training. And, and what do you like in there that, uh, that has you excited for a new season? Uh, there's a lot to like, man. A lot of guys are playing well right now. Um, and we, we lost some, some big names, some great guys, some good teammates. Um, but, you know, that's part of the business. And, you know, the front office has done a great job in putting the best uh, team we can you know, out on the field. And uh, I think everybody's seen some, some real positive things from uh, all sorts of groups this, this spring training. And we're young, we're exciting. Um, and at a certain point, there's a standard that the Cleveland Indians hold. And um, we're going to continue that standard and continue to win ball games and compete. And uh, you know, I think that's all you can ask for in a, in a long season like we're, we're anticipating. And, uh, you know, I know that I'm not the only one that's uh, really, really looking forward to it and proving some people wrong. That's Indian Cy Young Award winner Shane Bieber, primed for a big season. He looked good opening day, took the loss, but only allowed the three runs and uh, probably could have been two had some things gone his way. And the stuff was there, that's for sure, as he had the 12 strikeouts and uh, just uh, some command issues got away a little bit on a cold day. But uh, look for Bieber to put together a big season once again. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from Indians general manager Mike Chernoff as he previews the season ahead. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Rosenau's back with you on Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. And don't forget, plenty of ways to check out the show each week. You can uh, do so on the radio if you're tuned in right now. You know that usually on Saturdays, either before or after the Indians game now that the season is underway. Also, you can check it out in podcast form wherever you download your favorite podcasts or go to Indians.com. All the archived editions are there as well. Indians general manager Mike Chernoff is kind enough to join us this week and talk about the season ahead. And and for any general manager in the game, a lot of challenges heading into the season. We've already seen the Washington Nationals hit by a COVID outbreak. Their series with the Mets to open the season 
has been postponed. And uh, the Indians have come away clean, just as they did a year ago. No COVID issues as yet. And and we talked to Mike about that before we got into the roster and, and some of the things going on shaping that roster for opening day. And he said it's a credit to a lot of people to keep things safe during what was an unusual spring training. It was. Well, first off, uh, it was a whole lot smoother than last year's spring training. If you rewind uh, about a year and 15 days um, with the chaos of, you know, learning of the pandemic and canceling spring training, um, this it certainly was a a, uh, a welcome thing to be back into a what I would call a semi-normal spring training um, where we at least had our whole major league group and our staff there and could get through kind of the cadence of a regular spring training. At the same time, there were all sorts of restrictions. We learned a lot last year and were able to kind of implement um, a set of principles and guidelines um, and plans to make sure we kept everyone safe. And, and, you know, fingers crossed, we got through it and hopefully can continue for the rest of the year to do it. Um, Our medical staff, was just absolutely tremendous um, in making sure that our guys were safe and following the protocols and that we made it as easy as possible for them. I know Terry Francona had had expressed some concerns about uh, spacing out of, of workouts and, and just the clubhouses and, and keeping everyone separated to some extent. With such a, a young club and some roster turnover, are there some concerns there that, that you can't build that camaraderie just yet or or were you able to overcome that and and feel pretty good about what you were able to do during the spring that was our big concern going in um you know we use spring training as a time to really do team building um and to just have guys start to feel comfortable around the major league team especially young players or new players to build the relationships that they need to and so there was concern with the distancing and spread out over the complex we had people spread out into different locker rooms that it would be challenging to do that um, Tito and the staff did an exceptional job of creating those dynamics anyway and doing it in safe ways, whether it was, you know, setting up tents to eat outdoors um, or making sure that those interactions were happening, but happening safely in, you know, in the dugout or in outdoor environments. So, you know, largely, I think we were able to accomplish that team building, um, although we had to be creative and do it in, in very different ways than we ever have before. And you look at the roster, some new faces, some young faces, uh, as challenging to set an opening day roster as you've had in, in quite some time when it was all said and done? Yeah, it, um, you know, and, and I think I think you're, you, you hit the, the nail on the head. You know, we, for a long time, um, sort of building up from 2015 or 2016, had quite a bit of consistency, especially with our starting pitching staff um, and with our position player club. And we're looking to kind of fill one or two spots um, but often had, you know, one or two young players kind of competing for those spots or an external guy competing for that spot. But you had kind of constrained decisions that you had to make. You, you kind of knew um, the parameters of where you had to make those decisions and how the pieces could fit. Going into this spring, I think it was a lot more open um, with a lot more young players that we really like and really feel good about. Um, but decisions that were much more complicated, like who should play where? Do we limit guys only to first base or potentially play first base in the outfield? Um, and so sort of figuring out exactly what spots guys were competing for and then figuring out, okay, how do we fill them on opening day? Um, those were really challenging decisions, and we had to factor in a lot of information that uh, we weren't used to having to factor in in the past. Mike Chernoff joining us, Tribe General Manager. And, uh, Mike, the team in Detroit, and, and you have that roster set. Uh, 
I think it was early in the offseason you kind of talked about threading the needle. That's kind of a, a quote that it's how you have to, to work things to keep this team in contention while also balancing long-term success and, and development. Uh, the roster decisions you had to make in some cases a, a real reflection of that? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you saw the way a number of those played out um, in Camp Forest. That's exactly right. It was deciding, you know, in the bullpen, do you give a young guy a chance or do you potentially go with a non-roster invite like Brian Shaw and have a little bit of stability there? Or, you know, the battle at first base where we had Bobby Bradley really just come out and have an unbelievable spring, um, but also recognizing that he has options. And Jake Bowers, who's made a lot of progress and has been really consistent in his offseason work um, and is out of options, maybe didn't have as um, dynamic of a spring as Bobby, but is an exciting player nonetheless. Um, but it would have been an irreversible decision to potentially uh, take him off the team just because he doesn't have minor league options. So that's exactly right. I mean, we had to factor in a lot of different things. And like you said, thread the needle on each of those decisions to try to think about not only what's the best team today, you know, we're not solving for what is the best team for game one. It is what's the best team over the course of the season. And how do we thread that needle to make sure that we have uh, a sustainable period of success over the course of the year. And part of that is you send a player to the minor leagues and they start playing this week and, and everything progresses from there. But it's so different this year with the minor leagues on hold for about a month and you have an alternate site. You still have spring training and good year going. How do you decide where to place someone uh, to get the most out of them and, and keep the team prepared? That's right. Yeah. So we don't we didn't only have the complexity of putting together the major league roster. We also had to determine which guys should we have go to our alternate training site. That's what we're calling it. Last year we had a similar type of setup where over the course of the 60 game season, we had a group in Lake County that was kind of our depth camp. They had to only have intra squad games where they played against each other, just kind of scrimmages. This year, it's going to be a little bit different. We'll have a group in Columbus at our alternate training site, um, which is sort of like a triple A environment. They'll be able to actually play some games against um, local teams so they can drive to like Toledo or drive um, to some of the other triple A teams that are right around there for day trips to have games and get a little bit of competition, but it won't be, exactly like having a triple a season where they just kind of go out and uh and have a normal type of environment so we had to decide do we send guys to the alternate training site or do we keep them in you know this new minor league spring training which we're going to have a month-long spring training in arizona um for the rest of our full season players in the minor leagues typically the minor league season or minor league spring training would happen at the same time as major league spring training and then all the teams would kind of go out at the same time as the major league team and start their minor league seasons this year, because we had to limit the number of guys in the complex, we had to stagger it. So our minor league group has come into the complex um, as of yesterday or, t or today. They will have a month-long spring training, and then they'll start their minor league seasons uh, in, in early May um, after the buildup over the next month. And we had an opportunity to, to see so many of those players who will, will be in that situation uh, revolving uh, among a couple of different spots. But the, the Tyler Freemans, the Owen Millers, Gabriel Arias, uh, it seems like there's a more talent close to the major leagues than there's been in, in a couple of years. Is that a fair way to, to characterize it? We certainly feel that way. I get it that I'm biased, but I think you saw it in spring training and saw it in some of the results. Um, we really feel that way. You know, we've made a lot of decisions over the past few years as we've tried to thread the needle, like you talked about, on 
rebuilding our system at the same time that we've been trying to compete at the major league level. And I think you're seeing the fruit of that in some ways with this group that has progressed through the system and is now knocking on the door and at the upper levels. Some of those guys are, you know, cracking into the big leagues with us right now. You're seeing it with some of the guys in our bullpen or young players like Tristan McKenzie, who made our major league team at the end of the year last year and now again this year. Or you're seeing it with some of these guys who are probably going to be in double A AA or triple A this year. Um, you know, the, the Nolan Jones, the Owen Millers, the Gabriel Arias, um, guys like that who we feel have a really bright future in front of them and are kind of right on the doorstep at this point. Pitching-wise, uh, I think there's a concern throughout the game about a potential big innings jump for starting pitchers in particular. Uh, is there a concrete plan yet for for the Indians, or are you kind of trying to play it by ear and, and, and see how things go early on? Well, I think we're going to have to um, be adaptable. Um, and so that, that was a big thing we talked about this offseason. We're going to have to make sure that we're listening to guys and how their bodies are feeling um, and being smart about their their uh, buildups over the course of the year to keep them durable. At the same time, we did a tremendous amount of planning in the offseason, really even dating back to last year, in how do we um, how do we make sure that we're really on top of keeping guys, uh, keeping guys arms in shape, their bodies in shape, tracking that. Uh, we did it even last year with the shutdown in the quarantine period before summer camp, we had our guys mostly throwing multiple innings through all of that. You know, some of them were just throwing into a net, but we made sure that we were tracking their velocity um, and making sure that despite the number of innings they threw in season, they actually built up quite a bit more volume than what you saw just on paper because of the work that they did. So it's been a really um, kind of cross-functional effort that our groups have had, our sports science department, sports medicine, strength and conditioning guys have worked with our pitching coaches to map out exactly what those plans should look like. Um, and they've done a tremendous job in helping each pitcher build that individualized plan. And Micah, in closing, you had a chance to be there for the opener in Detroit. Yes, it was snowing for a good portion of the game and uh, it was a bitter cold day, but uh, just from your perspective, you're in the game, but you're also a fan. To see fans back and start a season on time, what did that mean to you? Uh, it was, uh, it, it was, um, it felt like uh, opening day in the Midwest for sure. Uh, it's funny, I FaceTimed my kids and saw that it actually looked quite a bit worse in Cleveland with all the snow there. So the, the small flurries that we got in Detroit um, were, were at least manageable compared to what was going on in Cleveland. I will say it's funny coming off of the 60 game season last year, you felt like every game was like do or die. So you lost one game and, you know, it felt like a football season. Like that's it. Your season's done. I had that same feeling in game one. And then um, it was kind of a nice feeling to reflect on it and think this is one of 162. Um, and we'll get, we'll go back out and we'll get them tomorrow. And there were some positive things we saw and obviously some things that were frustrating that we saw, but we got 161 more of them. Um, and I think, that's what I love about baseball. That's what a lot of people love about baseball, kind of that normalcy, um, the regularity of playing and just having fans there every night or, or people watching on TV every night or listening on the radio every night. So it's fun to be back to that for sure. Um, and that was a good feeling watching that yesterday. Well, Mike, so much. Uh, thanks so much for your insight. And um, we'll look forward to talking with you throughout the season, hopefully a, a longer normal season than we we had last year. But uh, thanks so much for coming by. Appreciate it. Fingers crossed on that. I'm with you, Rosie. Thank you very much. That's Indians general manager Mike Chernoff. Stay tuned. We'll have a final segment coming your way shortly on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. 
Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is waiting for a table at a restaurant. Thompson, party of four. Thompson, party of four. Thompson, party... Oh, there you are. This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. I do think we have a chance to have a sneaky kind of good bullpen. I really believe that. Um, you know, I mean, you look at, you know, Maton Shaw, Karinchak, Classe, Whitgren, uh, Trevor Steffen, you know, Cal Quantrill, Oliver Perez. I think we got a chance to have a pretty solid bullpen. Now, does it does it click on day one? I hope so. But, you know, over the long haul, I think this group has a chance. Jim Rosenhouse back with you, our final segment of Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. And uh, we heard from him a couple of weeks ago, but we caught up with him at the end of spring training, a very good spring training for relief pitcher Nick Whitgren, who very well could get some closing opportunities in the ninth inning out of that Indians bullpen. And uh, here's some of his thoughts on how the spring went for him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just nice. Uh, it's nice getting back out there and seeing fans in the stands. So, uh, you know, getting situated and just getting back on the mound and facing some hitters that aren't our hitters is really nice to see. It seems like your stuff has been really crisp. Uh, is that how you would look at it? And, and what are some of the things that, that you've tried to work on throughout the spring? Yeah, I'd say it's been uh, pretty solid so far, all, all my stuff. I've uh, really worked on slider. The change-up's been just throwing a lot. Uh, fastball command, just the usual stuff. Uh, mixing up my timing, my tempos, my holds. That uh, the usual pitching deal. Anything different from, from when you were first breaking in and, and there was that pressure to, to really try and make a club instead of just getting prepared the way you'd like to for a season? Yeah, now, I mean, pressure-wise, it's it's not fully there. I can go out there and, you know, kind of work on what I need to work on and, uh, you know, gauge it from there. But it's not in my head. I don't have to go out there and be perfect every time. I can actually go out there with the emphasis of working on, you know, okay, maybe I'm going to throw my slider a lot today. Maybe I'm going to throw my changeup a lot. Uh, maybe we want to attack the upper half of the zone uh, today a little bit more than – the lower half and kind of kind of go about that so it's it's nice being able to handle that and go out in a game and work on those things rather than just working on in a bullpen because now you get to see the hitters reaction and see how they take the balls how it's coming out of your hand and all that so uh you know a little, a little different than 2019. And how do you know when you're ready to go for for the regular season? Uh I, I mean I've been ready since uh, before spring even started. <laughs> I've been itching to get back to it. Uh, but you, you just kind of know. Uh, you feel your stuff. You make sure it's sharp and nice. And obviously that's one thing that you kind of have to make sure going into the season you have. Obviously, as a key part of the bullpen, I'm sure you look around and, and see what's around you. And some of it's still potentially with some decisions to be made. But uh, what have you seen this spring in terms of, of who maybe has, has jumped out to you and, and been really impressive? Uh, kind of 
I mean, everyone has. Everyone's been coming in ready to go, and uh, that's one thing I love about all of our pitchers here and position players. Where we get here and we're ready, we're ready, ready to roll. But uh, you know, I I love watching Nelson pitch. Kyle, he he just his velo has been bumped up, and then also just watching him throw the slider and cutter. It, it's uh, it's been really really cool to watch him and just, I mean. I was behind the plate a few few times in the backfields watching, and let me tell you, that's hard to hit <laughs> coming out of his slot and how he controls and commands everything. It's uh, been really cool to see. How about role wise? I think sometimes uh, on our side, where everyone wants to know, hey, who's the closer? Who's the setup guy? But uh, how about you? Does it really matter to you? Do, do you just want to pitch, or, or does it matter to you where where and how you're used once the season begins? Uh, Rosie, I, I've said this since day one, 2019, when I got over here, I'm going to pitch when Tito tells me to pitch. Uh, it's one of those things that, you know, you just go in when the ball is given to you. You got to be ready anytime. So I'm ready whenever, whether it's a sixth, seventh, eighth or ninth. And I know he's mentioned a, a couple of times how, how good it is to have you down in that bullpen from an experience standpoint. And uh, are you at that stage of your career where you're comfortable uh, in more of a leadership role in that regard? Yeah, you know, I, I try to help out the young guys here and there with, you know, if, if they're feeling a little overwhelmed or if uh, they don't really know how to do, you know, some catch play and take that into their consideration for a 162-game season rather than, you know, just uh, what, whatever it is in the minors, 100 and something. Uh, but it, it's nice, you know. We have a good group of young kids over here that they're going to come out and compete and they're not afraid to ask questions and they're not afraid to go out there and you know be themselves which ultimately at, at the end of the day if they are we're going to be very successful in pitching it that's indians relief pitcher nick whitgren and that's going to do it for this week's edition of tribe talk thanks so much for tuning in as always thanks to brian matze for all of his help putting together our show each week until next week This is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.